Do Today's I... episode of Pop Culture Reference <laughs> is brought to you by the UWM Professional Cinema Society. We are now accepting new members, and if you want to stop by and join us, you can stop by on Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Where, Seamus? That's going to be in the third floor of the Union at UWM. Broadcasting live from a desk full of frog merchandise, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Garrett Strother. I'm also your host, Seamus Connolly. What's up? I'm a wave. We're talking about The Good Place today. Yeah, this is our finale Good Place special, and we're going to really dive deep. There's, We just have a couple points of news to get into, and then we're going to be ripping this uh, special extra-long episode apart. Let's do news. Let's do news. So, first, we are going to watch the F9, Ugh. the Fast Saga trailer. They just announced the posters, the release date, and as of this morning, they dropped a new trailer for the ninth installment in the Fast and the Furious Saga. I hate that it's called that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they're, they're, I, immediately when I heard that, it's like, they're trying to do a Star Wars story type where they're just gonna, like, eventually only do like Hobbs and Shaw style just like pick two characters from the from the series and put them in a scenario together where they have to like defuse a bomb or something I withhold judgment until we do our 9 10 however many movie Fast and the Furious marathon live stream oh my god oh god I didn't realize we were doing a live stream it's of that for charity one. shame what charity would accept that dirty money? <laughs> who, would, who would hear what, where that money came from? And Vin f- Diesel probably has a charity. You know, I've heard Vin Diesel is a genuinely like good person to work with and to just be around. And uh... so we'll donate it to Vin Diesel's charity. We'll donate we'll it to donate Vin it Diesel's to Vin Diesel personally. Yeah, his his uh, sequel to his D and D movies that he's been trying to make forever. I'm sure. Poor guy. All right, let's watch this trailer. Yeah, let's do a live react like the Morbius one. <laughs> Oh god, I'm I'm already dreading this. Jeez. Is this Logan? What is happening here? I am so lost on this. I think we're not the target audience for this. Maybe not. Were they brothers? Is that what's going on? Oh, are they brothers? Oh, I hope so. Is that supposed to be a big reveal? Who is that? Oh my god. Did you recognize who that guy was? What I just learned was I know nothing about Fast and the Furious. I was about to say, I've seen a couple of them, but I'm so lost. What do they do, like, for a living? They, they are thieves. But no, they're clearly not. No, they, I think it started off as thieves, yeah, but they now do. they're secret agents. They work, they do missions for Kurt Russell, who's like yeah, just like wh- a G-Man government person. Yeah, they're involved with the government somehow. They got rocket cars in this new one, which is pretty awesome. I, I didn't hate that. I think it's hilarious that John Cena is supposed to be Vin Diesel's brother. It's a soap opera. It's so... Just each subsequent sequel now, just bring in a famous person and, and just be like, who are they? They're my brother. I'm also Tom Toretto's <laughs> brother. Exactly. But just, you... just bring in, you know, every jacked physical actor you can think of and just connect it to just like, he's my cousin, and then just connect it back to family and that's it. He's my brother, but you're Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> don't don't think about it. I completely withhold judgment until we do our I guess. Well, giant marathon. By the end of this, maybe we'll all be big uh, diesel heads. We'll, we'll shave our heads and wear like Is that thick what silver crucifix diesel fans are called. Diesel heads? I just made that up, but I think they should be. Hashtag diesel heads. You should add us with the hashtag diesel head. I don't know, man. I guess I'll... I'll... 
I'm on Garrett's side, I guess, of just, I'm gonna withhold until we do the full retrospective and, you know, throw in Hobbs and Shaw and... Here's what we're gonna do. When we do our giant event, we're gonna watch that trailer right before we watch all the movies. Oh my god, we're watch try to all the movies. It. Then we're gonna watch the trailer at the end and just be like, I understand everything. <laughs> like, what's her name at the end of Crystal Skull? Like, like what just if galaxy it, braids. Exactly. What if it still doesn't make any sense? I mean, I assume... if I remember, like, I remember these trailers, I guess. I've never really seen the movies, but what we just watched is every Fast and the Furious trailer. Yeah. It's just, you know, they just add in a li- the, the big gimmick car. The rocket car, or, like, the last one was, like, the cars on the tank treads for the, you know, the Arctic or whatever. And they do a big... You know, a couple big just vehicle things that make no sense at all. It, I don't think any of them really make sense, especially when we get to the point where they transition from car thieves and street racers to, like, super spies. Fast Five, continue. Is that is that the threshold? I believe so, which is, I never even saw Fast Five, so... No, yeah, I, I, I got Tokyo Drift and Seven under my belt, and that's it. Weird, weird combo, but that's what I got. I saw the first three. So yeah, you probably have a better understanding than anyone in this room, unless Ricardo, you're like no, a secret I, super fan. I know nothing. Yeah. Why does this movie look like it's trying to be Logan, but for Vin Diesel? Well, it looks like that Logan... kid is gonna die. No, I think. Oh, I bet some. I bet they kill off someone important. It's been nine. It's been ten movies where they're just like. Well, has ah. it been eleven movies? Oh yeah, because Tokyo Drift well, it wasn't like, numbered either. Not every character makes. Oh wait, out, no, but, to- but but Fast Five is the fifth one, including Tokyo Drift. So Tokyo Drift is in the nine. Wait, what? Did they not have a three, or was it not numbered three? No, it's okay because the first one was the Fast and the Furious, then okay. Too Fast, Too Furious, right? Then Tokyo Drift, then Fast and Furious, <laughs> then Fast Five, then Furious Six, Furious Seven, then Fate of the Furious. I forgot. Then about Hobbs that and Shaw, which is a spin-off, so it's not counted in the numbering system, even though Tokyo Drift is also a spin-off, but it is counted in the numbering system. Then F9, the Fast Saga. Are Christ. we sure we want to do this? That's I'm like positive movies. I want to do That's this. That's a lot of Vin Diesel. I'm I'm I don't hate Vin Diesel. I think it'll be interesting at least to see the evolution of these movies from whatever 2002 when the first one came out. So Owen Wilson's going to be in the Disney Plus Loki show. That was a shock when we learned it about 30 seconds before recording. I don't know where that's going. Or, you know what, I guess I speculated that it could be like uh, Matt Damon in Ragnarok, where it's Maybe just like a funny little cameo. another frost giant. I was going to say, I feel like the big name like Owen Wilson, I feel like they could do less of those. Well, I guess the Mandalorian does those cameos yeah. constantly. Maybe it will be something like that. I have no idea what to expect because I can't picture how <laughs> Owen Wilson fits in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Me neither, really. But Frost Giant might be an interesting way to do that. Maybe he's his... Big blue Owen Wilson. Yeah, biological fa- family <laughs> of Loki. Oh, maybe wow, comes in. you're my brother. Wow. Oh, God. I bet he hates that so much, but it's the funniest thing to do when talking about Owen Wilson. At least he's distinctive. At least That's he's true. got a thing. What about his his brother's got the nose? Or is that still him? No. <laughs> still him. His brother's got the, you know. Luke Wilson looks like if you just put Owen Wilson in, like, a conventionalized machine, and that makes him entirely uninteresting, so. For some reason, he reminds me of uh, Seth Meyers a little bit. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson? It, it seems like Owen Wilson and uh, Seth Meyers combined a little bit. There was a glitch. Like, it's the fly. <laughs> they just, like, both got into the teleporter at once. Moving on. <laughs> so, the crown 
has officially announced that it will end after its fifth season. Their third season was just released on Netflix. The first two seasons had Claire Foy as Queen Elizabeth. This next season has... Or the, the current Coleman? season, the third season, has Olivia Coleman. I think that's awesome. And then I don't know when they're going to make the switch, but the last Queen Elizabeth is going to be Imelda Staunton from Harry Potter. And I was under the impression the crown followed one Queen Elizabeth throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it is the it is one Queen Elizabeth thing. They, oh, they just have different people playing? Yeah, because it's like her whole life. They gotta yeah, like change like, it up on the It ages, starts in the 40s. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever get into the crown. I don't it's know. It's really good. I've been told it's so good, but I just... Yeah, how much do you really care about royalty? Though? Yeah, I, I don't want to burden well, the podcast listeners with my my stance on the royal well, family. It's very much about the royal family doesn't have a place in contemporary society. So, yeah. like, what are we gonna do about that? Like, I have heard a little bit about like, uh, like when talking in that show about like the six the line of succession when like talking to a child about like. All right, for the rest of your life, you are this one position that you can't ever do a lot of things in, but you have no choice, basically. I heard it's a lot of that. It's really about... The first season, I think, consciously is about the impact of the aftermath of World War II on the monarchy and how World War II changed the world so that the monarchy is simultaneously no longer relevant and a position of comfort for Mm -hmm. the English people. And then, like... Hmm kind of negotiating that on top of the fact that it's also about young queen elizabeth having to take the throne and not being ready to take the throne you know whatever oh maybe maybe when it's all out and i can you know binge it maybe maybe i'll just blast through it a little bit and and have some more evidence for my critiques john lithgow (laughs) plays winston churchill damn that might just be worth it just for that he's amazing i oh that's that's pretty cool but yeah i'm excited to see i'm excited to see what happens here I mean, plus, also, Olivia Coleman is an absolute treasure. She won for playing a queen already for the... The favorite. The favorite, which was one of my favorites that year. I'm glad to see her. Glad to see her coming back. I bet she's going to do great. Now it's time for Hell is Other Podcasters, the show where we talk about the final ever episode of The Good Place. And what a what an ending it was, gentlemen. It's It's been a great yeah. ride. Four, feature length. Feature length, four solid, solid seasons. A lot of emotions <laughs> happening in this last one here. It's, you know, we've been talking in these last few weeks about how we could have expected The Good Place to end at, like, any of these last few episodes could have been, like, an entirely satisfying finale. But this last one was just so... It was so perfect in a lot of ways in terms of finale where it, it was very emotional. There's a lot of sadness. They still kept up with their impeccable comedic writing. Like, it's still hilarious, even though it's, like, devastating to watch this ending go down. In my in my mind, it, it devastated me a little bit. It was just a lot. Oh, it was incredibly emotionally taxing. Yeah. It went really the way that we kind of suspected it would after last week's revelations. Mm. involving what's after the afterlife. So there are lots and lots and hundreds of Baramis, if not thousands of Baramis, covered over the course of this episode. Yeah, they, one, of the, one of the time jumps is like a couple thousand Baramis on mm. its own, I think, and then they, they really kind of muddle the timing in the good place a lot in this episode because it, it does jump around quite a bit between the, the different kind of segmented sections of this episode. We start in Michael's office... Oh yeah, yeah, oh, he's playing the guitar. Yeah, it's a it's a great you think it's going to be a flashback to when he was still torturing them with his tape recorder. This is experiment number 800 and whatever, but he he really just he's trying to learn the guitar. It's it's what a 
timeless being does when they have you know, a timeless being, they just start to try to pick up things, which is a lot of what we see in the characters in this final episode. It's their, you know, how they're spending their eternities is a lot of just doing things, learning things, trying to, you know, be the best that they can, kind of like how they've been learning this whole time. And we kind of get to see where everybody's at. Chidi is teaching a huge class on ethics in their house with presumably real-life philosophers who are making cameos. Right, yes, just like uh, Lisa Are Kudrow. You philosophy heads out there who recognize those people on site. Do Do you think, do you think a lot of like philosophy <clears throat> PhDs love this show? Do you think they're just like oh, cracking sure up at everything? Well, I also think that they hire a lot of actual philosophers to consult. Oh on yeah, this I'm, show. I'm sure you need like, at least ten people to write Chidi's character accurately. I guess. But that's a really fun little throwback to the first season. Yeah, and you'll notice that there are green doors everywhere, so it's like they can teleport wherever they want, whenever they want. Yeah, they they introduced that in the last episode, I guess, where it was just like you just think about where you want to be and walk through a green door, and I think that's probably just to you know it expedites the process. Yeah, it keeps things yeah. moving when you only have you know about an hour total. But to also, tell sure, the that makes one. sense for the good yeah, place. Yeah, right. That that didn't feel out of place in the slightest. That just kind of seems like a janity afterlife magic thing to have. It also thing. leads to some really cool wonders throughout the episode oh, totally. where you see where, I mean, digital tech is so, it's not quite as impressive as it would be if I thought it was all practical, but like, a lot of really still impressive things of Eleanor walking into her house yeah, from Michael's like, office and then back out the door somewhere else. Following the characters through the door. Very seamless stuff. It's it's, it's a good little add-in at the, the last tail end of the stuff here. We see Tahani learning carpentry. Well, not learning. Having mastered yeah. <laughs> the art of carpentry, having made a chair that Nick Offerman is inspecting. I still claim it's Ron Swanson. His name is Nick Offerman well, in You the tell credits. me why it can't be Ron Swanson. <laughs> the credits that title him as Nick Offerman. There's already president for crossover. I think if one. they wanted to answer that definitively, they would have had her call him Nick Offerman. I do think it's intentionally it's left for interpretation. Because yeah, okay. there are so many crossover aspects from the world of The Good Place to the world of Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's true. And again, that just, I like the characters from Parks and Rec, so that makes me think of what they would be doing in their good place or what their test would be. I brought up the point of if, you know, Ron is there, why isn't Leslie Nope being a very prominent part of, like, making <laughs> good place things happen? That seems like she would be the ultimate architect, you know? Maybe she and Ben are just being happy, Seamus. Well, look at me not letting <laughs> characters be human. Goddamn. We, I mean, from that, we... The Good Place Council, or, well, like, whatever it is now. Right, yeah. The Universe it's, Council. Yeah, it's it's Michael, uh, Janet, the Judge. Sean. Sean. Vicky. And one other guy one who's other literally, dude, they don't even show his nameplate at all. <laughs> So he's there. Maybe he he's has just a like, nameplate. Yeah, you see like the back of it when they do the wide shot of the room, but you don't ever get to see what his title is. But it sounds like everything's going really smoothly, and you know, Vicky has some complaints about the method that the younger demons are using as actors, but it's all going pretty well. 
Sean is there to rebuke Michael's ideas. Yeah, you, you kind of see a little bit of that camaraderie that the last episode had where he, he's like trying his very best to be the evil being that he wants to be, but he, he can't help but like be on Michael's side. Like in an unspoken way, he's very ver- verbally, what is it? He's never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever for like 30 seconds gonna admit that the new system works well but you see a little smile on his face and then that's when it cuts to our final good place title card it says good place the final chapter yep they really don't sugarcoat it they there's no getting out of that so now we get to see janet and jason in bed together in what is the restaurant called that jason lives in the wing dump dump. (laughs) i love love the wing dump they set that up too, where everybody gets their dream house, and including Jason, who wants to live in a wing dump. All the stuff with like super advanced Janet and Jason is very sweet. I like seeing them, you know, interact as like two almost non-human characters. <laughs> I'm including Jason in that because he's like a he's just a blob. He's the most advanced dummy ever to yeah, dummy. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's nice to see them, you know, be together in that kind of way. And then we we jump to Jason spending time with his father, Donkey Duck. <laughs> Still one of my favorite reveals of that show is that Donkey Doug was his father. Sitting in the Jaguars stadium, playing Madden on the Jumbotron, and Jason plays the perfect game of Madden. Yeah, he he scores like 2,000 points in a single game. So perfect that he decides, I don't even need to be alive anymore, or conscious exist. That winning that perfect Madden game is what convinces him to ultimately walk through the special door into oblivion which you know that clocks out entirely for jason as a character is that that is his ultimate you know i guess i mean at in this last episode they have been in the real good place for however many thousands thousands of years years. so presumably that was you know that's the last thing on his list he's finally done it he gathers everyone together again the original group and uh and doug forsett and doug forsett yeah everyone in the original group uh Pillboy makes his appearance. Donkey Doug is there. Everybody you'd really think to see at a, a farewell party for Jason. I really thought they were going to get Blake Bortles for the last episode. Oh, that would have been Damn. amazing. That would have been great, but Bortles is a busy man, presumably. I don't know anything about him. Well, he is playing as Bortles in Madden, so... Oh, yeah, they do They do shout him out. That's who he's playing as. Um, We get to see DJ Music. He's, he's doing his DJ Music thing. He brings in his old... Dance Dance Resolution. I still love that name. They do a final dance together as a, as a group. And then uh, Jason explains the feeling that he had that like ultimately led him to the decision of going through the door, which I thought was... I don't know. Jason's been weirdly uh, smart and beautifully articulating his points this season, so I guess it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But he, he says that it feels like the air inside his lungs is the same as the air outside his body. Yeah. I don't know why that hit me so hard. I guess it's just because that character is such a... He's a talk box of nonsense. It's its interesting to see him come around with that, that kind of spiritual talk. So Janet walks him into the woods where there's a beautiful archway uh, made out of wood. And there's a bench nearby. And she says, you know, take as long as you want. And... When you're ready, just walk through. And last thing he wants to do before he walks off into oblivion is give Janet a necklace that he made so that she won't forget him. And it's purple and gold, and it says J and J. J plus J. Oh, my heart. Oh, God. (sighs) But in true Jason (laughs) fashion, he lost it. Oh, dip, I lost it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that, that was a great little ender there. That's perfect. Janet explains that because of what she is, even remembering the time that she spent with Jason is on par with spending time with him in real real time. So there's no way she could ever forget him regardless, which is very sweet. It's very sweet. And she leaves him on the bench to walk into oblivion and that is a wrap on jason yeah yeah that that really got to me i knew this this episode was going to be a lot of goodbyes as it's the finale but you know they really do they hit ah they hit the heart in every single character that has their goodbye starting with jason's a a tough one yeah exactly because he he's the goof he's the goofiest of the group so to take him out of the equation that early you kind of know that this is a it's a weepy one next up uh after jason we have tahani tahani that's actually where we get the chair making oh yeah you're right after jason goes to tahani where we see her list of like i don't don't even remember the number on her list but it's like you know thousands on thousands of tasks that she wants to complete in her afterlife you know mastering woodworking diffusing bombs learning how to fly helicopters you know just like anything that she could have ever wanted to know how to do before she died after she died she just wants to get the full the full menu experience and she feels like she's learned everything that she wants to learn. She throws herself a goodbye party and... Resolves her parent issues. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, God, that's yeah. what it was. That's the thing that finally lets her be free is that the last thing on her list was have one good day with her parents once they get into the good place. And she has thousands of yeah. good days. Her, her parents go through the system officially get there with uh, Camilla and her all is kind of a, a family unit again but this time you know the parents understand what they've done like I said they've gone through the system so they yeah they get that they have been <laughs> really terrible to to both of their children and they kind of overcompensate in that by like really letting them know how much they mean to them really getting into the, like gift giving hugs weepy apologies for everything that they did back on earth yeah, there's a there's a jump in time, and Camilla is actually the one who puts the idea into Hani's head that maybe she's gotten enough. Maybe her parents finally coming back and you know making good on everything they ever did wrong to them. That was really the last thing on Tahani's list that she needed to do. She can go out and be one with the universe, or wait, she doesn't because there's a twist yeah i i really enjoyed that twist we kind of had some speculation about who maybe was gonna join up on the uh becoming an architect things and tahani realizes that the last thing she wants to do is learn how to help run the afterlife in michael fashion in a way yeah john you know crashes uh tahani's party for a second just to inform her that he hooked up with Alexander the Great, who is really Alexander the Fine, which I thought was a hilarious joke. <laughs> and then he leaves. Then he leaves. He, you know, I, I'm glad because they, they use those uh, three characters that were with Chidi in the like whatever, however many reboots that was in yeah. season three. They each get their own little payoff. Little little payoff where you kind of see where they are now. I guess John went through the system. Yeah, like Garrett, like you were saying, on the way to Tahani, you know, going through the government bureaucrat building of the afterlife we see a television screen of brett in like a prison jumpsuit trying to explain why he thinks it's fine to tell a woman to smile if she genuinely looked better if she smiled you know 
So that's his. So he's still going. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> him still being a jerk. I'm. I'm glad that we get a little extra terrible joke from him right before the end. So this is a really nice place for Tahani to be. And then is is it already time for Chidi? Yeah, right after Tahani, she gets her bow tie. Michael passes off as a gift this bow tie that's uh, peacock designed. I thought that was a play on the like kind of green pantsuit she was wearing in the scene, but I. Ricardo mentioned that it might have been an NBC thing. It could have been multiple things. It could have been anything. Uh, Yeah, we really do get into Chidi pretty quick after Tahani finds her place in the Architects. We learn that he has gotten into, for a a few thousand baramis, he's been into trash literature. Garbage books. He holds up (laughs) the Da Vinci Code, which is very funny. Suck it, Dan Brown. I... You know, I like those movies. I'll never go read the books. I like that we kind of get to see inevitable breakdown of kind of a genius to just be like, well, might as well go on to the worst stuff ever. Eleanor realizes that this, that Chidi's behavior, his serenity, his reading of this kind of book probably means that he's about ready to go off. Yeah, and there's a there's a great uh, dinner sequence with all uh, uh, Eleanor's past friends who were horrible in those flashbacks. We get uh, Chidi's friend uh, who was there when the air conditioner. Yeah, fell who was on there him. when he died? Actually, Simone from the Soul Squad is there. Kind of a yeah, I guess it's the afterlife. You live infinite. I'm sure it wouldn't be that weird. I'm sure the betterment process. Yeah, exactly. Helps you feel good about that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just like kind of a big fun dinner together, and after. Word Chidi's, you know, acting very, uh, I guess, content is the word I would put. Just very calm, and you know, Eleanor can sense that maybe he's ready to walk through the door, even though she's not, which is pretty scary, I guess. So Eleanor whisks, with the help of Janet, Chidi away off to the Acropolis and well, just all of Athens yeah. in Greece. She makes sure that it's not. <laughs> I like how uh, Janet asks if Eleanor wants it to be in its original glory. But she specifically makes sure that it's, what does she say? It's like the first time, in college, with the first time Chidi fell in love with it. That's how exactly she wanted it. And kind of seems like it's working for a little bit when uh, when they get there. You know, they really nerd out on uh, philosophy now that Eleanor has kind of become a part of that world as well. And then when it seems like Chidi's like, okay, ready to go home. She's like, no, the trip's not over yet. And Janet takes them to Paris, which is apparently Chidi's favorite city. Also where he grew up, apparently? Is that what he said? Well, no, he's French. Well, yes. yeah, like in the in the original, in the pilot, he, you know, explains that he's speaking French, but everything is translated. And there is a scene where they're in Paris where he tells Eleanor that he wants to go walk around in his uh, childhood neighborhood right. to see what it's like. So, you know, it's really, really trying to play on Chi's past, his feelings, everything. She's basically just trying to convince him that there's still enough to do that it would be worth it to stay there with her. And, and they get to he the, agrees. Yeah, they, they get to this the bridge. She breaks down. They, they open up to each other about... How Chidi has had that feeling that Jason described for a long time now, which presumably is when he started reading trash books. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's how how that starts there. But um, yeah, Eleanor kind of breaks down and begs him to stay with her. That she's not ready for him to leave. That because she's been she was alone her whole life on Earth, and then she pretended that that's what she liked, but she really didn't. Chidi's who she wants to be with, and yeah, it kind of seems like it's resolved for a second. He he 
kind of agrees pretty easily to to stick around to like he's just like yeah never mind i'll i'll stay he doesn't even shed a tear in that scene Mm-mm. but then later when they go to dinner eleanor yeah. agrees that it's selfish for her to ask him to stay and says that he should go if he wants to boy ricardo did you cry at this episode i didn't like there were no tears but i did just, oh man this is really sad this is a beautiful emotional moment this is just a great finale after this arc but just it's a good moment of television this cheaty one got me this it made me it made me cry man i i don't cry at television often some a movie will get me from time to time but a a television show rarely will get me that emotional because we cut over after after this dinner where they where eleanor kind of you know agrees to all these this big goodbye we get this beautiful kind of montage of michael eleanor cheaty and janet just like sharing a bottle of wine and laughing together and like reminiscing about all the stuff it was surprising to me that Tahani wouldn't come back for that, since she yeah, you know is what? still in the afterlife. <laughs> I, I forgot She's about resolved. That. Go watch the Tahani spinoff show if oh, you want God. more Tahani. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe she can't go back. That's Ooh. interesting. Maybe, because Eleanor does visit her at some point later in this episode in the like bureaucrat government building, but maybe there's just some bar for her to not be able to go back to the old neighborhood. I don't know. They they end up back on that uh, that love seat, looking out over the sunset, like they did on their first actual night in the good place. Man, yeah, they really break it down in this beautiful Buddhist metaphor when she asks him about like what is it gonna be like when he walks through the door, and then. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to remember that for a long time. What is the metaphor, Seamus? Chidi explains about, like, when you see a wave on the ocean, and you know what it is, and you can measure it, and you can, you know, tell how tall it is, and what happens when light goes through it, and that when the wave crashes on the beach, it's still, like, the the water in the wave doesn't go away. It's just, how did he say it? The wave was just a different way for the water to be for a while. And that returning to the ocean isn't it being gone. It's just returning to where it belongs and to maybe one day take a different form or not, or, you know, kind of leaving that last part up to just reintegrating with the universe. That got me, that got me pretty deep as well. And at the end, Eleanor asks him if he'll say goodbye to her in that moment so that when she wakes up in the morning he'll already be gone i think that's what broke the broke the dam for me when she asks that that just was so heartbreaking to hear good god that that wasn't like i wasn't like blubbering or anything but it was it was more of a it was more than welling up it was like tears streaming it wasn't just a well up no i had i had a couple of a couple little boys coming down out of my eyes yeah that's real sad but then they just slap us in the face with the joke that he left her a (laughs) A calendar cheaty calendar (laughs) one full bear me one full jeremy bear me it says and it's just like he's in sexy mailman and like sexy philosopher (laughs) it's very funny and in such a sad genuine moment and we get to see him go off with janet just like jason did yeah and he, you know, he doesn't really take any of the time on the bench. He is very resolved in his decision, and he, you know, he strolls through that threshold with, uh, with confidence. Yeah, which is great. End of that character. We're given the option to everyone gets like to sit on this bench and kind of go over it and like kind of deliberate. He's just like, nope, me. He's done it. Yep. He no more goes into the no thinking about it. Exactly. Done. That's He's the ready. ultimate way to show that this character is where it needs to be it's evolved immensely from the you know jittery stomach ache that was in the first season but then oh dip what happens next (laughs) (laughs) it's jason baby (laughs) jason pucks his head out of the 
freaking Redwoods. He's, he's alive. He's been there since Janet dropped him off. For hundreds of Barabies. Yeah. Thousands, thousands of Barabies, I think is what Janet says, is that, yeah, that he, he, <laughs> he said he thought he lost the necklace, but it was actually just in his other pants pocket, and that he wanted to wait for her at the door to give it to her in person, wherein he describes his process to becoming an actual monk, which he... Yeah, just waiting around for Janet to come back, just with his own thoughts. Yeah, he's, he's just like, yeah, I would just quiet my mind, close my eyes, listen to the world, and think about, you know, everything until everything was nothing. And It's a great last joke of uh, Janet's like, oh, so like a monk. He's like, well, what do you mean? I don't <laughs> understand. Once again, coming and then beautifully full circle. He runs off into the, the gate. I don't know why the line is like, hey, Chidi, wait up, is so funny to me. No, and I think it's wonderful. super endearing. And I love that line so much. I think that's hilarious yeah. just because it's... He's still somehow, from being where he started to being part of the team that recreated the afterlife, he still just doesn't get it. He's just there. <laughs> I do like... I like the idea that that... That there's a wisdom in that, that there is... Yeah, there is a... Because like Chidi said with the way, they're going to meet again somehow. You know yeah. that, that is a good point. I, I like that. God, that's... Yeah. I think Jason so nice. was my favorite part of this episode. He's great. I was about to say, he might even be my favorite part of the series. Yeah, he's pretty like, good. He's so good. MVP for me in this, and just for the whole series, is probably just Ted Danson, Michael. Yeah. Michael's oh my god, yeah. Michael, especially, I think season two, Michael is... Peak Michael. Hard to beat. Where, where he's just trying to learn how to be not terrible. That's pretty great. Oh man. Yeah, so that's that's Chidi three and down. Jason gone just together in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. Those two are gone. Tahani is doing her own afterlife thing. Eleanor tries to tell herself she's ready, but she's not. She gets all the way to the door. Yeah. And says, No, I'm not ready. And decides that her last mission is Mindy St. Clair. Love her. I'm glad she got her time <laughs> in the sun down at the end, because she goes back, we do all the Mindy St. Clair bits, the warm beer, the Cannonball Run 2 VHS. Um, Derek comes yes, back. Yes, in... my favorite joke of the episode. <laughs> Why don't you explain what happened to Derek? Derek has been rebooted by Mindy so many times that he has just evolved to become one with the universe. <laughs> yeah, he said like the thermodynamic destruction of the universe and the point in which he was created are now the same moment in the universe or something. He's a fixed point in space. Oh yeah, he's a fixed point in space, but he also in himself contains space. He's a giant purple head and rotating around it <laughs> is are glasses. smaller heads in martini glasses. Well, a great callback. I think that's the logical endpoint for Derek's martini glass full of whatever is Derek has a martini glass full of <laughs> oh, himself. That's, that's perfect, I think. Yeah, he's just, like, the ultimate being of knowledge, and Mindy Sinclair is just, like, you know, annoyed with him. Like, she usually Just reboots is. him casually reboots him again. again. I would, honestly, I would love to have seen him pop back up to see his <laughs> evolution again, but Derek, Derek's done. That's the last we see of Derek. Eleanor convinces Mindy Sinclair through identifying with her and opening up that she sees her as a version of Eleanor that never got to go through the system. The worst case scenario. Which Mindy Sinclair does not even take offense to. She kind of understands that she's a cocaine masturbation monster. <laughs> and that's... They kind of bond over that, actually, in this moment. And uh, she she's a little worried about you know, who would be designing her test, but that's where Eleanor takes her to, to Tahani, puts her mind at ease that when she does decide to go through the system, that there will be someone that knows her, somebody that isn't going to try, 
like, you know, it's not another bad place, good place, original test. It's somebody who's going to take care of her personally. And that that's when she really, she expresses her appreciation for feeling cared for by Eleanor and the rest of the gang. And that, you know, I really felt that was special because she's been like the worst ever this series. <laughs> yeah. And she really does finally come around a little bit. I love Tahani's architect outfit, just... Oh yeah, me too. Sit with the bow tie. It's very, it's very Michael, and it's very, it works on her. But it's also very Tahani. Yeah, exactly. Both. Now I'm just kind of wanting that. I want (laughs) that spinoff, dude. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what NBC does. Yeah. Uh, She she leaves Mindy St. Clair, and with her own knowledge that she's saved one last person, Eleanor feels like she's finally she's completed her final mission to get the last straggler into the system she returns to the redwood forest with janet and then michael shows up <laughs> michael pops up and tries michael, to like who run through the doorway been, he's been essentially fired the judge is like well there's just no more job for him yeah, to do. yeah. as the judge comes out in a dylan panthers <laughs> yeah. t-shirt from friday night lights i love that yeah he's so, basically just the same as everybody else he's done what he can there's nothing else his system runs perfectly there's just nothing for him to do so he tries to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what everybody's really doing. And, uh, but he arrogantly... not, he's not in the right headspace, as Eleanor yeah. clearly points out, to go through yet. Which I love. He's like, yeah, I felt the calm or whatever. Just let me go. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. And, of course, it doesn't work. He goes through. It's not working. And then they, they come up with a little scheme for Michael personally. They they kind of calm him down after he tries to jump on her back to piggyback into the afterworld. Which is a great bit. It's like, come on, we can trick it. Let's just let yeah, me get out of the system here. And uh, Eleanor goes to the judge. Who is a podcaster now. Who, or not podcaster. Who, who loves podcasts now. Podcast now. Um, judge, hit us up. Yeah, what up? Maya Rudolph, come be a come be a guest on our show. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, Maya Rudolph is on the program. Oh, if only. But yeah, um... He convinces the judge to allow Michael to go to Earth and live out life as a human being. What he's basically been fascinated with since the very first season is life on Earth, being a human, how does it all work? And they allow him to take a portal back after giving a final real frog to our boy at the the like passport station to earth i, I love, love that frog guy has an arc yeah frog guy has an arc in this episode even he loves all the frogs then he's unsure about all the frogs and then he gets a real frog and he's super excited about it and i love that frog guy spin-off show <laughs> oh go to hell jesus <laughs> we already did michael and janet right before michael goes to earth have a very very sweet moment together kind of like father daughter almost like mother and son somewhat siblings almost it's it's a little bit like one of them's going off to college but it's unclear which one of them is the one that's yeah, going off to college exactly janet is giving all this human advice like to not buy insurance for rental cars because it's a scam and say so you've got blood now you gotta yo, yo. Like stuff that goes along <laughs> with that you should probably figure that out and then uh michael walks through the portal one-way trip into being a human being Thus the origins of Ted Danson. I was going to say, I almost thought they were going to do like a, a Sam Malone, like that was he his origin. He looks into the ID that's in his wallet. Huh, I guess I'm Sam Malone now. <laughs> Ex-baseball player, huh? Huh, weird, sure. But, you know, that would have been a little insane. <laughs> they already, you know, made him a bartender in that yeah, one episode. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, then all that's left is our girl. She and Janet talk about what they imagine Michael be doing down on Earth. And we get a nice montage of Michael doing human stuff. He names his friends. dog Jason, which yeah. I thought yeah. was very funny. And we see that he, he has taken up 
playing guitar, like learning guitar for real from a teacher who is Mary Steenburgen, Ted Danson's real life wife. God bless her. I thought that was very nice that they had that little short scene together. And Eleanor, content with all that she's achieved in the afterlife and having one last margarita with Janet, walks off into oblivion. And we get she to see what it looks like. On a great last piece of dialogue for Eleanor. I love to watch you walk into the doorway at the end of the universe, but I love to watch you leave. Well, that's what uh, yeah, she, Janet says. She teaches Janet yeah. that phrase yeah. to just be like the last <clears throat> thing, which, you know, very on brand. I thought that was very sweet, that, that kind of like inside relationship that they shared kind of is how they, they go out on that. And as Eleanor walks through the door, we finally get to see... Like, we, we haven't really seen any effects or anything like that through uh, Jason or Chidi about what happens when you go through the door. But when Eleanor does it, she turns into, like, a little, yeah, like, like an ember, well, a little firefly. Hundreds of embers. Right, yeah. She gets thanos Yeah, she kind of dissolves like into, like, little fairy prettier. lights. And uh, we follow one specific little fairy light back to Earth. A piece of her essence, a piece of goodness that lands into a man an apartment complex who has just thrown a piece of paper away that's not for him, but decides to dig it out of the trash and deliver the mail to its rightful owner, who we see to be Michael. Michael Realman. Oh, yeah, his, actually, his name is Realman. Yeah, he uh, explains that he just, you know, found this piece of mail, got delivered wrong, and Ted Danson, Michael, can f- he can feel Eleanor's essence Certainly. being involved in that interaction and he he shows his great excitement and you know the man delivering the piece of mail doesn't really you know care too much he's about to leave and take it easy and then <laughs> i'm trying to remember the whole line like with all the love in my body and all the, the knowledge, knowledge of, of the, the universe, universe take it sleazy <laughs> and the episode ends <laughs> The door closes. That's a beautiful way to end. That's like the ultimate Michael final sure line. can write a goddamn ending. I think we should dedicate this podcast to Michael Scher. God bless you, sir. You've made some absolutely quality programming. Some of the most touching stories, and I, I love almost you. don't want to say this because I like that that was just for us. But all three of us saluted in yeah, unison when we, we were all... talking about Michael Schur. I love this show. I'm, I want to rewatch it from one just to absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be well definitely. worth it to go to the. I mean, season one <clears throat> is just a roller coaster, knowing. Mm-hmm. What everything is going to happen, it's it's going to be a completely different experience. The Good Place was fantastic start to finish, just a brilliant piece of television. I wholeheartedly agree. I think I'm going to do a rewatch with Annie. That's because she's not seen it. Oh, like any of it, <laughs> any of it, and oh, she doesn't know the fun. twists. Oh boy, that's going to be wonderful. And I also am excited to listen to you know Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Sean, mm-hmm. has the Good Place podcast. Oh, snap. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that. Let's cross over. (laughs) Oh, I would die to do that. (laughs) So I'm excited to finally listen to that because I I didn't know about it until last season. Awesome. We got a a couple of extra things to go check out after this. I'm still going to be sad with that void. It's it's over and it it, it does feel a little sad, just like the episode, though. It's It's not quite the same, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine's coming back. That's another... Michael, uh, is it Sure? Yeah, it's Michael Sure. Sure, he's involved with that. Well, I mean, 
we all just saluted him for 15 minutes in silence. We know how good of a creator he is. Because, yeah, I, I checked that out a while ago, but I'm not caught up at all. i got to get back on well, that. Well, you should get on that. Definitely. With the way he writes finales, I can tell the Brooklyn Nine-Nine one's going to destroy me when that inevitably <laughs> oh, comes. Oh, God. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about it. This was a very special program, I think. The Good Place. I and think so, too. It's the first of its kind, I think, in that it's a series with a clear end in sight. A clear trajectory that didn't get overbloated, that went exactly as long as it was supposed to, mm-hmm. that dealt with incredibly complex themes and characters, and, and it's still laugh out loud funny. Oh, it's hilarious! Episode. It's hard to do both, but I, I honestly don't even know if I could find a better show that could, you know, check those boxes the way The Good Place did. It's a magnum opus. It is truly. I'm. I might start rewatching it today. Yeah. I might go back to one. Honestly. Oh. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Hell's Other Podcasters over the last several weeks. It's been a pleasure to be able to talk about this show. We're gonna miss so, it. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm. At least I'm gonna miss the good place itself and this segment. I like talking about it with you guys. We'll. We'll find something to fill the void, but it won't be the same. <laughs> it won't be the same. Until then, take it sleazy. Seamus, where's Riley? I'm going to guess Riley is outside the door waiting to jump me when I leave. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, we're not going to confirm that for you. Oh, no. I think our cover, wink, wink. Where where Riley says he is. Ooh. (laughs) Is that uh, he's getting ready for work. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Where does he work again? What's that address? What's that coupon Uh, code? He works at the Jersey Mike's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you go in there while he's working and say, where's Riley, you'll get... Was it free? 50%, 50% off. off. <laughs> I think it's 50% off your sub. Oh, I was yeah. joking. And and if you go in when Riley's not working and you say hashtag, uh, where's Riley, they will also ask you to leave. Just like that other joke I did earlier in this and podcast. And they'll fire him for giving discounts off <laughs> yeah, to strangers. Exactly. Oh, Lord. God bless you, Riley. I wonder if you listen. Hit me up if you listen, Riley. I know you won't, but <laughs> just do it if you can. It's time for our pop culture reference of the episode. That's a wrap. This phrase is often thrown around when a film or a television series is completely done filming. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. When production is complete on a film or TV show, that's a wrap on Seamus the Movie. Yeah, something like that. It's um a lot of times the final <laughs> uh, day on production won't be whatever final shot is in the project being worked on. Sometimes they leave that for the last day to add emotionality to the to the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes there will be series wraps on specific characters. So if, like, uh, Doug Forsett in this last episode of The Good Place, he got his series wrap with... Uh, it's usually meant for just, like, signifying specifically the definitive end of uh, something in production. That's a wrap on... The pop culture reference. We gotta do a rec center real quick and we are out of here. Now it's time to save the rec center. Seamus, what are you recommending this week? What I have recommended this week is actually a song. Ooh. Gorillas just dropped a new single yesterday. Did they now? Is this a tease? Is there an album coming? Tell me there's an album. It's actually, they did tease more content soon. There's There's a music video, it's called Momentary Bliss, featuring... Slow tie and slaves. It kind of goes back to the gorillas' roots of like it's still hip hop influenced, but it's more like English road rap style. And there's a you know a fantastic music video that they put out to go with it. 
it, it's something called the Song Machine. Might be what they're going to be releasing singles under, because it's said that there will be more to come. There's a little teaser at the end of the music video for the next music video as well. It's awesome. I, I highly recommend you check it out. This better be all lead up to that animated series they've been talking oh, about I, for years I hope now. so, man. Uh, that would be awesome. Momentary Bliss. Check it out. I've recently been replaying Portal 2. Oh, a god Love of a game. game dude. I think that someday we'll probably do full episodes talking about the both the Portal games for our main that. segments, but I just am completely blown away by how elegant the storytelling is, by how funny the jokes are, oh, yeah. and by how both frustrating and incredibly satisfying the mechanics of the game are. Totally. Yeah, I love everything about that game. Like you said, the writing is impeccable. I just love that mechanic. It's fun to play around with totally, the portals. Yeah. You know, for, for having a silent protagonist through both of the games, between Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons oh, in two, yeah. they're... Well, let's not, like, leave Glad I forget her name, but the lady that oh, plays yeah, GLaDOS. Oh, yeah, GLaDOS, of course. She, all three of them together as, like... They're they're all really like robot or I guess I well, guess Cave Johnson's like a you get say, his voice yeah. recording memos as well but they're those are like, fully formed characters yeah. yes. they're unalive in the game uh-huh. but so alive in the writing yeah, and I the think dialogue Glados might be one of the one of the best antagonists in gaming I I definitely agree I mean also with two I mean Portal one is very you know pretty straightforward Portal two's got some twists and turns in there baby it really you, really does first time I played that I didn't really see where it was going but it, it's it's a hell of a ride yeah, we're gonna we're gonna oh, deep yeah. dive on that yeah, check it out any way you can it's not super long too. no you can, yeah Portal you two you could knock out pretty through quick. that oh good good rec center Ricardo what do you got on the dock I'm gonna Keep going with accessibility. Here's a thing you can watch for free on YouTube. Check out Aquafina is Nora from Queens, her new Comedy Central original series. The pilot is for free on YouTube. Check it out. Support your girl. She's very funny. I've been hearing really good things. And I I truly like Aquafina as an actor, so check that out. That wraps us up for this episode. We can't wait to see you guys next week when we talk about the Oscars. Take it sleazy, everybody. Take it sleazy. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.